0: welcome to the dirt reporters podcast for the week of july 6th where the dirt the editorial staff from dirt on Dirt.com, uh senior writer kevin Kovac, weekend editor robert holman and staff reporter kyle mcfadden will discuss the, all the goings-on of the fourth of july weekend and then we're going to tackle also some of the mid-season awards as we kind of see who's uh performed the best this first half of the season but uh Let's wrap up a little bit uh, with the 4th of July and what happened. Kyle, you were at uh, Muskingum County for the, the richest race of the weekend there with uh, Brandon Shepard winning the 30,000 Lucas Oil race. Tell us, uh, what, what did you see there? What there uh, uh, caught your eye? Well, first of all, I played my first time at Muskingum,
1: and uh, the atmosphere was about as good as you could get for 4th of July Independence Day weekend show. It was absolutely packed. and. Um yeah, Brandon Shepard, you know, got back on track per se. First uh Lucas Oil win since joining the tour and 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 first win um on the tour since Florida Georgia Speed Weeks back in February. So um he looked every part of his, you know, four time woo champion self and uh led fifty-eight of the sixty laps and uh Ricky Thornton Jr., you know. Coming off of uh, two wins uh, at Portsmouth and then the semi-feature win on Saturday um, on the pole for that, Um, but I was watching that race, um, you know, throughout the field, and uh, there seemed to be a battle for position pretty much everywhere on the racetrack uh, after lap three, except after Brandon Shepard took the lead. You know, once he took took the lead, I mean it was pretty uh smooth sailing there for him and uh you could just kind of watch him you know just go to work and uh you could kind of tell as that race went on that uh that he wasn't giving that one up especially even even uh six or seven restarts down the stretch uh, there was just like four or five cautions over a 12 lap span or something like that. And, uh, nobody could, could, uh, make anything work to just get around B ship there. And so you just watched him, um, go to work. And, uh, he most certainly looked like his, uh, four time blue champion self just throughout the duration of the 60 lap race. And, uh, yeah, it was his biggest win since uh, winning the dirt track world championship in October of 2020 biggest win in terms of money. So, um, Talked to Brandon afterwards and kind of asked him if he felt like he needed to be keeping up with the Joneses, per se, when he's, you know, looking at all the big wins that Jonathan Davenport and Chris Madden have racked up. And he said 100%, you know, he's kind of feeling that trickle-down pressure. And so, obviously, a lot of money left on the line for him and uh, a big championship up for grabs that we'll be talking about later on in the show. But, uh, yeah, um, it was a great weekend uh, of uh, racing at Muskegon County. And, uh, yeah, it was a packed show, and uh, we have a tight Lucas Oil Championship coming down the stretch here. So, couldn't ask for anything more, honestly
0: yeah i recommend checking out kyle's story about uh brandon shepherd mark richards kind of uh their thoughts about uh trying to uh, stay on top of that series and and how there's often a lot of doubters about the rocket chassis house car if they're not winning every week so uh that's a good piece so robert let's uh talk to you about the summer nationals they they had a, a couple of hiccups this uh last week, but you were uh, covering those races uh through Clarksville. What uh tell us about the series or what's going on that uh people should be paying attention to. Yeah,
2: uh y- yes, I I was I was fortunate enough to be on the tours uh multiple levels of hell week and uh and it kind of was that it was multiple levels of hell tour week, I guess. Um the track situations are unfortunate. Uh they really kind of took the the steam out of the train, so to speak, there that uh that that the you know the hell tour had really got off to a great start this year and uh a lot of a lot of people following the tour. They had good races pretty for, for the most part. Fortunately the week ended up maybe it's me, but the week ended up but although I wasn't I wasn't over in Missouri, I guess, so it's not me anyway um fortunately the, the week wrapped up with a really really good race there that I wasn't at um there on on Sunday that these if you guys realize and you guys know because Kevin I can't keep up with you you're either in Pennsylvania you're in Florida or somewhere I don't know where you're at and Kyle I don't you're going to races that i I'm, I'm trying to do credentials for and I then I'm then you're not going to them and so it's It's you guys don't realize our listeners don't realize how crazy busy this stretch has been over the last probably two to three weeks it's it's used to be you know we would focus on the hell tour and and that's it but now it's like the hell tour plus you know it's it's summer nationals plus it's all this stuff so but anyway to your point todd i was out there it was blazing hot the racing was not that great i could not see any of the prelims at paducah the feature actually raced okay and it wasn't until about three laps to go at paducah that i uh that i got where i couldn't see anything Uh, i think somebody probably got up against the wall and uh and got into that really heavy pile of dirt and really stirred up the dust there at, at paducah over the last three laps and that's why i couldn't see but yeah i'm looking forward to getting back out this coming week to some other tracks and hopefully have some better, better events because this past week, let's just, let's just call it what it is. I mean, it was hell. Let's just throw it away. Um, the racing, you know, the track, the drivers are probably the feel the same way. The drivers are glad to move on and get it behind them. And you got to think this tour has had like 15, 16 races without a rainout. That's brutal too. You know, no rain. You want a rain out or two here or there. Uh, I think the first night I went up there, I was wanting a rain out because I was tired when I got there. But I kind of I picked up some steam as the as the week went along. But um, but those drivers, you know, just uh, had to suffer through some stuff that that you don't usually expect. You know, there's always some rough racetracks here and there. But. That that was a that was a rough week and and those guys are glad to get it behind them. Bobby Pierce is still Bobby Pierce, is out there leading the points, he's doing what he does. Shannon Babb picks up his incredible one hundred and first victory. And I'm so glad that I was I was there for that. I can't remember when that was even. Brian Shirley's doing what he does, you know. I mean, it's it's a it's your typical typical, you know, summer nationals basically, you know, except for these little hiccups that I think we're going to get past and then close out the the year on a on a really on a flourish on a really good note. I feel like that's what's about to happen. So um, because these all these teams are now have three or four days off, they've refreshed their equipment, they've slept in their own beds. Hopefully, most of them. And, uh, and though we're going to get ready to get cranking here on Thursday, and uh, I think it's going to, you're going to see, you know, some better competition as we move forward in, in the dirt car summer nationals.
0: Yeah, I think one tough thing they had was it's one thing to have Red Hill and, uh, uh, Benton and Missouri and then Paducah, all three tracks that have not run significantly over here. It'd be one thing to sprinkle those in, but that those all came in the same week seemed to really kind of, uh, throw a lot at the drivers and, 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 the guys trying to prepare those tracks that had had limited track preparation in recent years. Um, so maybe, maybe it was just the, the timing of all those together was no good. So yeah, maybe you're right. The, this, uh, this break here, uh, with, uh, through the 4th of July, uh, they'll start back at Macon, which is one of the real series, uh, uh, you know, the long time series tracks there on, on Thursday for that 100 so maybe they'll uh, get back in step there hopefully they will leaking was a good start for sure uh kevin uh, talk, talk about uh, maybe pick up a few uh, scraps that those guys didn't mention from the fourth of july weekend what do you see out there that you think uh think we shouldn't need to talk about
3: i, I do want to say to start off though by just welcoming our, you know, our todd turner our managing editor back into the uh podcast mix here you know and also he's the host this week because uh, Derek, uh, Kessinger, you know, he's off, uh, Disney Mickey Mouse with, uh, uh, I think it's the every five year Kessinger family, uh, trip to Disney world. So, I mean, if you're at Disney world this week, look for the Kessingers because they all have their t-shirts on that say Kessinger family trip. So, um, I'm, it it's, it's very, I would I would, lo- would kind of love to be there right now to see these guys all, walk, especially, uh, Derek's dad, uh, sludge there walking around with his shirt. But. That's uh, you know, that's. I just wanted to mention that real quick, and thank you for filling in uh, as the host there, Todd. But uh, one thing that I, I really want to just mention, uh, you know, over this, it kind of started off the the July Fourth uh, uh, holiday weekend was uh, back at Florence with uh, the Lucas Oil. I feel, it seems like that was a long time ago, but the Lucas Oil race at, at Florence, the Ralph Latham Memorial. Josh Rice wins that. I mean, Josh is like that's that's two years in a row, right? That he's won a Lucas race there, and. and he just, man, that, that, I, I think we've discussed this before. Like, is there another track that 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 there is that has one guy that you could, like, almost just pencil in, or a track, you know, regular that can pencil in as, like, that's the guy who's going to most likely has a really good shot to win this. I mean, it's going to be you better beat him if you're going to win this race. And and Josh has is, is really become that guy at Florence. He's, I mean, the way he can get around, I think Todd even mentioned maybe in his, his answer, maybe the way. He just like he could do sliders there I mean he just like I mentioned in fast talk last week like I thought man that could be the place there's fireworks you know because uh uh he, he's just exciting and he has control I mean he's, he's exciting with control of his car there uh and man if he does not win a north-south 100 one of these I know that's hundred laps rather than the you know the half the distance that he wins at with the, the more regular uh uh Lucas Oil race but man he, he's gonna I think he's gonna win a a north south 100 and that will be a party because i know every time those uh you know the, the rice family enjoys themselves and uh, him and his brother james and, and father jerry i mean and all those other i mean i saw a picture of victory lane I and mean, how many people were in that i mean I, I don't you know you better get the wide angle lens there for uh for that for a for a rice family victory uh at, at the north south 100 for sure i mean God, i think the whole grandstand might come and try to get in the picture so I'll be look we'll be looking forward to that next month when uh, the North South 100 gets to Florence. Uh I have one other little mention. I I, I kind of this was uh, my my uh, native state of New Jersey had uh, the had Bridgeport Speedway had a super late model race on uh, on Sunday at Rick Eckert one. Only 14 cars there. Uh that wasn't great. I mean I, I kind of slipped under the radar. I didn't even realize that Bridgeport was having uh a, a super late model race really much in advance on on July 4th weekend. But that's a track that, I mean, I really want to see. a uh, it, it was a good, it was like four different leaders. Eckert won in the last lap uh, with the last lap pass. It, it's, they, it used to be a huge 5 ace. That's when the World of Outlaws were there back in like 2005. Now it's a smaller track. They redid the whole thing, made it banked. And, I mean, it's a slider central right there. I mean, you you could really throw a lot of sliders. I would love to see a, a bigger race there. I mean, I've talked to, I like, there's a, you know, Hayes there from, uh, Mike Hayes, the, the Jimmy, Jimmy Owens t-shirt guy that everybody sees out, out on the road. He's from South Jersey. He grew up going to Bridgeport Speedway. So every time I see him, he'll, he'll text me during modified races at Bridgeport and say, Hey, did you see you watching that race? The world of Alice sprints were there a few, uh, you know, a few weeks ago. And he's like, man, that was an awesome. And he goes, Pat, what they've done with that Bridgeport, making it smaller is awesome. We got to have a late model race there. He's, and so we we talk about Bridgeport a lot and I think that uh that's a place that uh I'm hoping we'll have a we'll have a bigger late model race uh, you know Lucas Outlaws or something in the future.
0: Yeah, that'd be fun. It's uh, nice to go to a different part of the country and kind of uh, uh and everybody's kind of on the even playing ground when you go somewhere uh, where where people haven't been before. So let's, uh, let's delve in the rest of the way talking about, uh, some mid-season awards. I think, you know, obviously dirt on dirt, we wrap up the season with all those awards driver of the year and, and all that. And it's kind of nice to kind of reset that here, uh, halfway through the season and kind of, uh, I candidates, uh, for those awards and, and driver of the year, maybe we'll spend a little more time on that, but uh, I think we're all at a consensus that, uh, uh Jonathan Davenport and Chris Baden are the two guys that everybody's looking at right now, so I guess uh maybe starting off Kyle, I'll ask you is there on what scenario do you see somebody else getting into that conversation or or is there anybody you have an idea, or what does that person have to do uh to get in that conversation Kyle what do you, what do you think about that or is it just j d and Mad
1: right? I was looking at kind of the numbers and obviously need to win the big races. And so in terms of that, I mean, J.D. and Madden, I think they've won seven of the 12 races paying 50000 or more to win. And after that, in our rankings, you know, you got Brandon Shepard, Tim McCready, I think Brandon Overton, fifth, or Dennis Erb, just like right behind. And between those four, I mean, they've only won 50000 to win or more show. And that was Tim McCready last weekend at the Firecracker in Lernerville. So when you look at it that way, one of those four, if we were to have that conversation as a, as a, a third, a potential third driver of the year or fourth, um, somebody <laughs> will need to go, um, you know, rattle off some big wins here down the stretch. I mean, it's certainly possible because it's, 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 you know, there's a lot of big races left end these uh next four months so but i guess if i had to start somewhere it'd be brandon shepherd i just did that story on him and uh it was interesting just um just kind of the dynamic and the the ebbs and flows up to this point in their season i mean they seem to kind of go out of the box um more than they have i guess in just just like recent years, that's what they were kind of uh, alluding to, and 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 so they they've kind of gotten back to a familiar setup, or have found something that is more familiar to Brandon's liking, and um, and so we'll see how far that can take them, and we'll see how far, uh, you know, perhaps they can enter that conversation toward the end of the year, but um, and then also too, you know. A guy like Brandon Overton, I didn't mean to be uber critical of him last week on the podcast, but I mean who like would have thought that, you know, we're in July and uh he hasn't won a fifty thousand to win or more show this year. So, um and then a guy like Tim McCready, uh, he needs to qualify better and he knows that. I mean, he's starting I think he told me he's only started on the front row or inside the top two rows this year once, and that was last week at Lernerville. So, um you know, it 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 seems like as you look past the top two, um, somebody's got a void here or there that's holding them back. You know, throughout the night, and so um, yeah, I think it. Uh, somebody's going to need to go on a stretch here. Somebody's going to need to get hot. And I guess if there's any one of those three right now that I mentioned in terms of Brandon Shepard, Brandon Overton, and Tim McCready. Um, I think that Brandon Shepard could be the guy that enters mix uh
0: you know for driver of the year but until then we'll have to see so Robert between uh Madden and Davenport uh one thing I think about is Davenport won the Eldora Million so if it's close between the, those two does that him over the hump I mean would you, we'd be crazy later in the year to have to decide that Madden is Driver of the Year, even though Davenport won the million. How, how much does that weight? Does that carry? Uh, obviously, and it's the biggest season, so probably for the whole season. Uh, how much weight do we give to that million, Robert? I mean, is that is that going to be tricky to to kind of figure out? Hey, that's worth this many wins, or or something like that. What do you think?
2: I think it's going to be very difficult if something happens to uh JD and he pulls back and doesn't r- race as much or if he decides or or if he has some bad luck and doesn't uh come up with any more wins and uh, and a uh, Chris Madden goes on and 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 has a spectacular season the rest of the way you know the world 100 has always been our super bowl for this sport and but this year, the Super Bowl was early. This year, the Super Bowl was in June, basically. It was the million. That was the biggest thing. That was it. So, I mean, could you imagine a team that wins the Super Bowl for football for not being named the team of the year? It's it's difficult. You know, uh, say that team that, that happens to get hot and wins the Super Bowl only has – you know, half as many victories throughout the year as everybody else, but then they win the Super Bowl. It's really, it really is difficult because it's one race. And granted, the, the best driver, one of the two best drivers in the country right now won that one race, but it's still just one event over the course of 80 that we have to look at. Now, do 80 races throughout the course of the year have eighty-five cars at them, or hundred and ten cars at them, or whatever that race drew. No, 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 no. So it's definitely weighted more because, because a it's it's at Eldora, it's at the showcase of of our sport. It's the biggest money the sport has ever paid out, and it's against one of the biggest car counts that we've had in years. Really, you've got the the guy who won the biggest race of the year that weighs more. That's that weighs more, unfortunately. So that's what makes it difficult, is because it just it weighs you gotta put more weight onto that that race. And it sucks for guys who go to that race and and you're like, well, they're putting all this weight on this race, you know, and out Dennis Serve Jr., I mean, did he even make the race? I can't remember. Um, again, it's been there's a couple of those races that I don't think he ran well at it at Eldora. So you look at guys who didn't run well. You're like, well, this guy didn't even finish top ten in the million. How can he be how can he be in the the top four driver of the year? Well, that's that's the rub, is that then you have to look back and you say, well, look at look at his other body of work. Look at what he did outside the million. And look at how good he was in these other races. And that's what makes it difficult. And and to a degree, it makes it very subjective. There I mean, for us, it's like it's almost like grading an English paper. You know, it's it's what are your values? You know, what what are your values as a as the person grading this body of work? Do you value the money? Because I personally don't value the money. I don't. And that's 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 me personally because I value I value more winning against 115 cars. I don't care if it's $10 or if it's $10 million. When you go out and you outrun 115 cars, and you're the dominant car, that I don't care how much it pays. You, that that's the the body of work is regardless of what your reward was. And and for the record, I don't know what um, I don't know what you know. Jonathan Davenport's deal is with um, you know his car owner with with Lance Landers. I don't know that Jonathan Davenport's a millionaire because. You know, so did, did Jonathan Davenport, as a driver, he's won this amount of money. He's brought in this amount of money for his team. But I don't know, you know, you know, Chris Madden, on the other hand, he might come out of here. Actually, Chris Madden could leave the, the year with more money in his pocket than Jonathan Davenport. We do realize that, right? Because we don't know. I don't at least. Maybe somebody can enlighten me. Um, if you're out there and you know, and you want to shoot me an email at robert at dirt and, and let me know, you know, off the record, what the deal is, feel free. Cause I'm curious, you know, because if, if Madden owns his own team, he's pocketing more money than a guy who doesn't own his own team. Uh, but at the, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't really pay much attention to the money necessarily as a, as one of my things and, so, yes, it is going to be very difficult for us to decide if, you know, J.D., hey, go out there and win the rest of your races. Make it easy on us. You know, that, that's, the that's you know, the biggest thing that could happen for us, I guess, is it could be because either way, you know, Todd, either way that we're going to get blowback, we're going to get feedback no matter who we choose. You know, it's it's going to happen. So So there's no, again, it's very subjective. And the only thing that can almost make it like a no brainer is like one of those seasons that, you know, JD had back in 15 or, you know, seasons like that. You know, those are the things that that you look and say, there's no argument. But right now it's still very much up in the air.
0: Yeah, I think they would have to separate themselves somewhat where maybe the million will lean toward Davenport. But, but if Madden significantly has more wins or something like that, then, then it, it does become very tough. Uh, so Kevin, we haven't talked a lot about Madden a little bit. What, what, what has held him back from being a driver of the year before? One thing I do reflect on a little bit is that Madden, he tends to take a little more time off than some of these other guys. Um, uh, what do you think? What do you think about Madden? Do you think this is this is a different year for him? I mean, we—I don't think we've ever seen him being so consistent and so good for such a long stretch. Do you think uh you see him continuing this and maybe racing more because he's ra- running well, or, or or what do you think?
3: Yeah, I, I think Matt. You're right. Right, Madden has taken he takes more stretches off. You know, uh, uh, in the years that he hasn't run the World of Outlaws. I mean, those World of Outlaws years, he. Uh, obviously he ran more and, and, and he just, he came up in those outlaw years. He could, maybe he could have been a driver of the year if he would have had, uh, you know, didn't have Brandon Shepard in the rocket house car team, just like dominating so much. Remember he came close to winning the champion. He could have won the championship at the world finals, uh, not too long ago, the year that 2018, when, uh, when Mike Marlar won, and he just had a, it didn't have a great weekend, uh, to close it out. It's an, unusual for him at, at the dirt track of Charlotte. Uh, and so it, it's it's and maybe he doesn't race quite enough uh, all the time to keep you in that and keep him in that mix for driver of the year uh, again. Twenty nineteen, you remember, uh, he won. He, he almost he, he was go. He had three straight fifty grand wins or or one forty, I guess the topless one hundred in August when he was driving uh, USA Nationals North South topless one hundred. He went into that dirt million that year at Mansfield looking for almost a sweep of August. I mean, how how great was that? And then he broke his bone in his face in a in a golf cart accident. Remember, uh, uh, right before that, he could he was out for the dirt million. It seems like some weird things like that, like bad luck things, have kind of happens to Madden too. Where he, uh, I mean, I think he was he had gotten sick or something one year and during the summer and missed a stretch going into the World 100, I believe it was. Um, and, and so he kind of. Fell off the radar a little bit. Uh, this year, he he could still take breaks. I mean, he didn't race the Firecracker 100, the race he's won. <laughs> you know, he didn't go there to Lernerville uh, last week. Uh, this week, he didn't race again. No July 4th racing. I mean, there was plenty of races to choose from, uh, but he didn't go. I mean, he took a little break. I mean, he could afford that, I guess, when you've won almost $600,000 before uh, July 1st. Like he's done this year. He's really uh, maximized his starts, and he, it's not like there's lulls there. He won at Speed Weeks. He he won the, the you know the big money at the Bristol Dirt Nationals. Uh, he goes and wins at Charlotte in May. You know, like so he, he winning, he's winning in every month. He's not taking long breaks in there. And when he's not winning, he's right up front too. Uh, he could have won the million. Let's not forget that. I mean, that's why I don't really I still have Madden as my driver of the year right now. Over Davenport, I mean, even though Jonathan's won the million, uh, I, I, if maybe if Madden would have been an also ran in the million, I'd have been like, all right, maybe, maybe that I'm gonna weigh it more for him. But uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm like, like Robert, like he says, like you don't weigh that money as much as, as the the quality of the win. And and Madden was right there. Maybe if that race doesn't have a caution late in the race, Madden wins because he was coming on. If Madden doesn't get in a heat race wreck and have to start farther back, way farther back. Further back up, uh, then maybe he wins. So, I mean, that was a, that that was like you can almost flip a coin between those two in that, in that race. That's a, uh, and it shows, that. I mean, that's why they're, they're both driver of the year candidates because they were right up there, uh, racing for the win at Eldora. But, uh, Madden, I, you know, he's going, he'll be out there this weekend, uh, running at Deer Creek for 50 grand, running XR races at Stewart, Iowa. Uh, Silver Dollar Nationals coming up. I believe he, he's planning to run that. So, yeah, uh, if he keeps winning these things, it's, uh, I mean, I, I Davenport still has to win a couple more of those over Madden. I think we need to go back and look. I'm, one of these days, I have to go look and see what's their head-to-head. Who's who's finished higher in head-to-head races between those two? I haven't done that yet, but I mean, that'd be an interesting thing to look at. That could be the separate what, what separates them you know, come the end of the year. But if for uh, other, otherwise, I mean, any other buddy, anybody else coming in as driver of the year, it's going to take like that kind of year, that kind of streak that. That Madden had in 2019, like sweeping those crown jewels in, in an entire month, I think to, to to do something to to knock them off uh, off the top.
0: Yeah, Robert, what do you think about uh, Kevin's thoughts there?
3: Well,
2: you know, I just wanted to say that uh, he's right. It's going to take somebody like that to come in and and uh, and have a hell of a month, you know, to turn our heads. Keep in mind, there are three drivers out there that have kind of been kind of off the table, but still eh, sort of in the in the discussion in uh, Shepard, McCready, and even Dennis Erb, that they're going to get paid. At, well, two of those three are getting paid big money at the end of the year. They're getting money. They're getting theirs. So they're getting theirs for, for their, their body of work in a particular series. So when we start looking at money, um, say – either McCready or Shepard's going to win this Lucas deal. So they're going to get that championship money at the end of the year. Then you have Dennis Herb, who most likely, it's not a lock, of course, but most likely, uh, barring any kind of major bump in the road, will get this World of Outlaws money. So for them to um, get themselves into this discussion, they're going to have that, you know, on their side. And they need to go out and win races. And let's when Kevin talks about if there hadn't been a caution late in that race, if there hadn't been a caution late in that race, my pick Tim McCready would have won that race. That million. My guy would have would have won that. And then we're having a whole different I know it's ifs and buts and stuff. But then we're having a whole different discussion. McCready is clearly in the mix at that point, because you look at a guy who say he wins the million and then he then he holds off. Sh- pulls ahead of Shepard and wins the the Lucas deal, then he's clearly in the mix. Uh, when you look at those three, I think that really the guys that, that have – as good as Dennis has ran this year, I think Shepard and, and uh, Tim McCready uh, probably have the best ability to go out there and knock off these huge victories. At least historically they've proven it where Dennis necessarily hasn't, so other than his dream victory. Uh, But you're going to have to have wins like that, flipping that back. Look who's leading the dream right now as we go back up there here in a few months, you know, Chris Madden. Uh, Anyway, that's kind of what I was thinking. You know, it's going to take a monstrous second half of the year for any of those other three to get get in the mix, you know, for sure.
0: Well, hopefully we won't uh, be struggling too because we'll, I'm sure we'll revisit this some uh, through the year and then uh, and then in December uh, dirt on dirt uh, all the staff will come to a consensus and decide uh, who it's going to be. So let's look at uh, the three three other uh, uh, awards we give out the best newcomer, uh, the breakout driver and uh, the most improved driver. And I'm going to let each of you take one of those so uh, Kyle I'll let you do uh, best newcomer Kevin I'll let you do most improved and Robert I'll let you do breakout and maybe throw out your pick and and a few uh a few other potential candidates for those uh and just keep it uh keep it brief if you can so Kyle go ahead and start with the uh, uh, the best newcomers that uh, you see out there I say Carson Ferguson um and it's obviously
1: no surprise there you know he Looking back, you know, through his progression in the crate level, especially down south, I mean, he's 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 proven to run, you know, with the Jimmy Owens, guys like, uh, uh, you know, the out of the supers and going back down to the crates and uh, just his racecraft. I mean, he's he's mature. I mean, he's mature beyond beyond his years. Obviously, has his cousin Chris Ferguson in his corner and a team of Tim McCready. So, uh, talent aside. I mean, it's it's no surprise what Carson Ferguson has done. Um, you know, he's uh, going back in September and going to be picking up his fourth place position at the Dream, and uh, you know, battling it it out up front with Jonathan Davenport and Chris Madden at Smoky Mountain a few weeks ago. Uh, even picked up that victory um, in April uh, in this spring nationals too. So uh, in the short amount of time that he's been behind the seat of the super, uh, you just kind of look at what he's done and um, it's been so um, that is my pick for best newcomer at the moment.
0: So Kevin, did did I give you get most improved or breakout Kevin? Whatever, tell me which which one you had and and talk about uh, those candidates.
3: Uh, You gave me most uh, improved that's what you told me there. Uh, uh, and then like, I, I will say, I kind of personally, uh, got a good look at, uh, Garrett Alberson. Uh, I, I think he's really been doing a, a great job. I mean, it's not like he's totally new or anything either. Uh, he's been racing the last few years. Uh, you know, last year he got with, uh, you know, he's been, he won a, he won a big race at LaSalle. Uh, and this year he goes out with the Roberts motorsports and is out there running on the, uh, the Lucas oil series. And, and he's really, I, I, he struggled back. He won a race at Wild West shootout kind of got him off. Uh, got some confidence in him, but then he went to speed weeks and he did struggle. I mean, it was a struggle, uh, jumping into the seat, been to these tracks. He's been with, uh, as a crew chief for a little Pearson junior, a black diamond, uh, house car, but he never raced them. So uh, it was a learning experience. And, and now I just see him progressing more and more, getting more confidence. Every time I talk to him, I could kind of feel it in him that he's, uh, he's, he's learning. He's feeling better about himself. And, uh, and he just got his first podium last week, uh, with the Luke Soul series, got another third place, finish in a semi feature was running, he might've been in the mix for a podium and, in, and, in, in, uh, the Sunday race at Muskegon County. Uh, if he didn't have a, I think he had a, a, a lower control an upper, a control arm problem and made him fall back at just a little bit outside of the top 10, uh, that's a guy that you could see progression with, and, and I think that's where you say like he's most improved. That's what you're supposed to be doing if you're gonna uh, if you're running the the Lucas Oil Series, you you want to see improvement. And, and I'll mention just real quick too, but you know also alongside of Garrett, uh, I, I like what Dal- Dalton Wilson's been doing also now with the Ratliff team. I mean, this is his first big chance to go running uh, super late models, uh, you know, nationally on the Lucas Oil Series. And, and Dalton, I mean, he, he just got a top five finish this week. He got a fast, his first fast time award with Lucas Oil Series. Uh, he's turning a corner, I think. I mean, I think both. I mean, if Garrett Garrett's done it. I mean, Garrett won a race with comp cams earlier in the year. I think Dalton Wilson goes and runs a, a an offshoot, smaller regional race. He's going to you, be, you'd see how much better he's gotten from running uh, with Lucas Oil, uh, the Lucas Oil Series. Uh, that's kind of always a gauge to kind of use. Like when those guys go back and, and run more locally, you know, like a smaller regional event. Uh, can they has their have have they can they transfer that success that experience they've gotten over into that and just and be a winner because that's what they need to do, uh, and, and you could and you could see that with both Garrett and Dalton I think they're really
0: improving a lot. Okay, Robert, for breakout drivers, uh, any candidates that jump out at you, or who do you like in that uh, category?
2: The joys of going last in this deal because I clearly. I did not really know what in the hell I was supposed to talk about, really. Uh I feel like both Kevin and Kyle kind of touched on on a lot of the things that I discussed kind of in the fast talk in Carson Ferguson and, and Dalton Wilson. Uh I really feel like to me, Carson Ferguson uh is my is my breakout driver. He's not my best newcomer necessarily because um, and it's kind of a, a point that you raised in fast talk, Todd, that it's, it's a, such a cross and it's such a dilemma kind of trying to pinpoint a newcomer versus a breakout driver is a guy like you had said, is he a guy who's been really good in crates for a couple of years and then steps up to, to late models and has a great season. Is he a newcomer or is he a breakout driver? I don't, you know, it's really, a, it's really tough right there. So for me, Carson Ferguson was my breakout driver. I mean, this is a guy who did run, has ran well in crates, but now he's got a very good ride in supers. His very first, you know, his, his very first deal. And, and he's he's had a he's had a breakout season. Whether or not he's been he's new to this deal or not, it's kind of it's a great season so far for Carson, Carson Ferguson. Uh I, you know, I have to say that I also, you know, I liked um, I liked a, a lot of, about what Richard Allen said in our fast talk, and that uh, Eli Beats, who just looks like he's, you know, I've known him from from crates and stuff, and it's kind of the same thing. You know, this is a guy who's ran well in crates and stuff and limited late models and that sort of stuff. And all of a sudden he goes out and wins, he's winning three or four races in a row on, on I think, one of those, one of Chris Tilly's series, you know, and so that's, that's impressive. You, when you string together back to back wins in this sport, regardless of where it's at, it's pretty impressive to me. Uh and then of course I really like what Dalton Wilson has done, his body of work. Um he's done well. He's kind of, you know, I'm sure he probably would like to be doing better uh out there on his tour, but but man, it's again, it's a tough road and he's holding his own. You know, he showed he showed really good speed during speed weeks. And if you remember, I think Dalton Wilson maybe I think I even voted him after his body of work at Speed Weeks into the top 25 at one point. So, uh, so you know, I was really impressed with what he's done. And I think now, you know, I think he's starting to realize, uh, ooh, it is a long season. It's a tough road, you know. And so you just got to keep grinding at it. And, uh, and he's kind of got his legs back under him. And uh, he's doing pretty well out there. And then an- another driver that I mentioned in, in our fast talk was, the Southern All-Stars points leader, Matt Dooley. And he's this is a guy who kind of could fit into one of those categories too. He could really fit into the most improved category because this is a guy that when the Ray Cook series and stuff have been down in the Rome and and Dixie and those areas, then Matt Dooley is a guy who usually makes his way into the top 10, you know, top 15 in the results. But now this guy is leading the Southern All-Stars points and he's picked up a win in Columbus, Mississippi at the bull ring where he had to go out run a host of Rickman's Lord knows how many were chasing him. So, you know, you go to Mississippi and you outrun the Rickman's you've done something. He did it. So kudos to him on that as well. So I kind of got a mixed bag for you there because I really wasn't a hundred percent sure what they left me, but, but that's kind of where I'm, where I'm at right there.
0: Well, we'll, uh, we'll look into all that stuff at the end of the year and see how good our mid-season predictions are. Uh, you're right, Robert, the, the newcomer and, uh, and rookie and all that stuff is a little bit of a mishmash. And we, uh, uh, and to actually to take a peek behind the curtain, sometimes we, we kind of massage that stuff a little bit to make sure everyone gets recognized one way or the other. Uh, so good stuff on the, on the mid-season, uh, mid-season awards. And, uh, We'll wrap up now with one more thing. And, uh, and actually, I'll go first. Uh, it reminded me uh, when I went, went to Red Hill uh, Raceway in Illinois the other day, but uh, had one of my highlights of my career. Uh, because the last time I'd been at Red Hill, I think it was in 2000 or 2001, I was doing a feature story about Kevin Claycomb, the Vincennes Indiana driver and now Hall of Famer. And throughout the night, I talked to you know his Dad and his brother and some other people and I've gotten a lot of interviews about Kevin but I hadn't gotten any time to talk to Kevin uh, as a matter of fact that night at Red Hill he won the feature event uh, of course Vincent's is just about uh, 20 minutes away so to uh, uh get my interview with Kevin I actually drove Kevin home so I got my recorder I got behind the driver's seat uh, Kevin sat in the passenger seat and I interviewed him on the way home while his brother and uh, others drove the hauler home. So uh, quite a highlight of my career to get to actually drive the winner uh, of the night's feature race uh, back to his shop. That was, that was a lot of fun. And i I had fun telling that story when I was at Red Hill last weekend. Um, so Kyle, uh, how about your one more thing uh, What do you got for us?
1: Yeah, for sure. Mason Ziegler, uh, has teamed up with Barry Right, he's going to be running his house car here in the foreseeable future. Very right, you know. I talked to him now here this week on uh, just a little note on that deal and kind of what to expect. And so um, Mason's been struggling this year; it's you know no secret. And um, he was up to race through the B Main and ran up to eighth on Sunday night in the sixty-lap feature and then fell back to 13th there. So um, seems like they've started off on the right foot. And also Nick Hoffman, too, is going to be a second car, um, debuted in that Barry Wright house car at Eldora. That's not going to be his last race either in that car. So Barry Wright's getting back uh, into the full swing of things, and uh, we'll see what uh, they both can
0: build there. Okay, Robert, what about you? One more thing.
2: Yes, sir. I just wanted to uh say, you know, I'm heading back out onto the uh, the uh, dirt car summer nationals uh beginning Thursday at Macon, which you know we know how that race can go. You never know what you're gonna get. Uh it's a little tiny racetrack with uh uh you know you're knocking a fence down a lot of times or you're like Gordy Gundaker and driving around the infield, you know, poles. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. It can be exciting, and and it can also lead to many storylines. And as a writer, we all know that we love great storylines. When we go out to these race tracks, that's what we want. We want it to be easy. We're like, oh, that just jumped right out at us, and that that's that's good, you know, and and that's that's good stuff. But sometimes, damn it, you just like a nice easy night. So because I had. Brandon Shepard's 79th World of Outlaws win, Shannon Babs' one hundred and first Car Summer Nationals win, and then, of course, there at, um, of course, the track situations, my goodness, and then you had, uh, poor Peyton uh, Peyton Freeman's disappointment there at Clarksville, and and the comments that uh, that Brian Shirley threw at him uh in victory lane so i had all of this during during kind of like my eight days out on the road there and i'm like holy hell can i just have a, an easy night once just once so my one last thing is as i'm just want everybody to just kind of say a little prayer for me and let me have one easy night on out of the next four uh, on my dirt car summer nationals swing here and it is the last dirt car summer national swing for me as well this year uh, before I, I break off and go down to uh, uh, to Ray Cook's stuff. So uh, one easy night. That's all I'm asking for out of four. That's it.
0: Okay? Uh, we'll see how it goes for you, Robert. I, I think you may be jinxing yourself. But uh, Kevin, uh, let's wrap us up. Uh, what's your one more thing?
3: Well, I think everyone might have seen this already. Uh, I mean, if they haven't, here's a little news for you. Then, uh, but MAV TV is all now on Flow Racing. Uh, I, I think uh, the, there's a big deal was made last week to bring all the Flow, uh, all the MAV TV offerings, including, of course, the Lucas Oil Series, and, and uh, to broadcast them on Flow Racing. And that started off last week with the Lucas Oil races. And so now you just have with your subscription to Flow Racing and Dirt on Dirt uh you could see all the lucas Oil races i mean everything from uh every race that they have the rest of the year uh pretty cool deal that's a great uh great extra offering now with uh for flow racing and it'll obviously it will continue this week and this weekend is uh is a big one too it's the deer creek uh speedway in minnesota having the gopher 50 is is the big one uh, over three days on thursday friday and saturday i'm gonna be covering that i can't wait i haven't been to deer creek uh, since 2013 with the world of outlaws Uh great race track great atmosphere there uh i mean they do a heck of a job preparing that track everybody can go on flow racing watch
0: it all this week that's good We'll uh we'll be looking forward to it it's nice one fewer uh thing to stream with and uh nice for flow to have all that stuff so uh thanks uh thanks guys for uh participating today and thanks uh Thanks to our listeners. Uh, we'll have uh, host Derek Kessinger presumably back next week as long as nothing went horribly wrong on Space Mountain. And uh, we appreciate you uh, checking out everything at Dirt on Dirt. All these things, uh, Kyle and Robert and Kevin Wright, uh, a lot of material from the 4th of July you can catch up on. So uh, uh, read that stuff here and then always listen to us here every Wednesday uh, on the Dirt Reporters Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next week.